Welcome back to Tectotopia, the podcast about a better future. I'm John Biggs. Today on the show, we have Sanjeev Chopra. He's a doctor and author. This is Technotopia. Technotopia is also sponsored by CheapTranscription.io. Cheap Transcription offers 10 cent per minute transcriptions using our happy robots or 85 cents per minute using our human assistants. CheapTranscription.io is cheaper and faster than everyone else. CheapTranscription.io. Welcome back to Technotopia, the podcast about a better future. I'm John Biggs. Today on the show, we have Sanjeev Chopra, professor of medicine at Harvard Medical School and a best-selling author. Uh, welcome, doctor. This is a, this is a real treat. Uh, delighted to be on your show, John. <laughs> okay. So, uh, so you're, you're probably one of the, uh, the smartest guys that I've ever had on here. What are you working on right now? I'm working on a lot of things. I give about 100-plus talks. And I do a lot of teaching, mentoring, leadership. So I'm always busy. One of the talks I've given over the years, nationally and internationally, is called The Top Stories in Medicine in the Last Century, mm-hmm. which is a lot of fun. You know, a lot of the discoveries were serendipity, the discovery of penicillin, the discovery of hepatitis B. But then I also predict what will happen in the next 50 years. Mm-hmm. And, and that's a fun thing to do. You know, Niels Bohr, uh, Nobel laureate in physics, once said it is difficult to make predictions, especially about the future. <laughs> it, wasn't, it wasn't Yogi Perra, it was Niels Bohr. <laughs> and then I've let my imagination go wild. Einstein once said, imagination is more important than knowledge. Mm-hmm. Knowledge will take you from A to B. Imagination will take you anywhere. Mm-hmm. So one of the hottest topics in medicine right now, and I actually give a talk on it. I gave it just recently in uh, Laguna Niguel at the Southern California GI Society, is uh, titled Microbiome, Man and Medicine. Mm-hmm. So it turns out we have 100 trillion bacteria in our gut, in our GI tract. And in aggregate, they weigh three pounds. Okay. So it's been referred to as a newly discovered organ, the inner bacterial rainforest. And it turns out that pretty much everything we can think of shapes the microbiome, whether we're born by C-section or vaginal delivery whether we live in rural Iowa or Boston, whether we got antibiotics or probiotics early in life, whether we eat kimchi, drink coffee, are vegans, whether we take certain medications, fascinating field. And implications in obesity, diabetes, arthritis, even psychiatric disorders. There's a psychiatrist in Ireland He's coined the term psychobiome. Mm -hmm. And one of the most fascinating, he's written a book on it. One of the most fascinating new studies, I guess it's very preliminary, is that they took 20 people with autism and gave them a stool transplant from a healthy individual. Marked improvement in symptoms and their microbiome changed. And two years later, had not reverted back. So I think there are companies now, there's a company called V-Biome, 
the MIT, a student and faculty mess person, have started a nonprofit called Open Biome, mm-hmm. and investigators around the world can apply. And if they have a good protocol, they'll ship them rigorously tested and safe stool samples to do amazing research. Okay. So I think that's one of the predictions is that we will learn a lot about the microbiome. There'll be fungi, there'll be other organisms. And it's not only in the in the GI tract, it's also in the nasal cavity, the mouth, the vagina, the skin. Uh, there are now studies going on looking at kids born by C-section. They tend to have a higher rate of autoimmune diseases. So two large-scale studies randomized when kids are born by C-section. They'll swab the vagina of the mother, the birth canal and then smear it on the inside of the mouth and on the baby's skin, mm-hmm. and then follow them for years. And the others will be a control where it will be not through vaginal secretions to see if there's a huge difference hmm. in autoimmune disorders like Crohn's disease and asthma. So that's one prediction. The second prediction is that stem cells and regenerative medicine will make organ transplantation uh, historical footnotes and textbooks of medicine. Wow. Yeah. Uh, the third prediction is that, and this is courtesy of a colleague of mine who's brilliant, Barbara Khan. I asked her to predict what would happen in her field. She was our chief of endocrinology. Brilliant. And she said, Sanjeev, there'll be a pill that people will take. It will simulate exercise <laughs> and combat obesity and the metabolic syndrome. Is... I said, Barbara, come on. <laughs> so I said, can you send me some articles? Can you, can she she send said, you right pill? now it's all studies in mice. <laughs> and she had written an editorial. So in a mouse, you can create a genetic mutation. And this mouse can then be on the treadmill for months without tiring. <laughs> and it's called the mighty mouse. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Okay, so how long how long do we have to stay alive until uh, until we can take a pill to 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 get thinner? I think it will happen in the next uh, twenty years. Twenty years, okay. That's fine. Yeah, I think it'll happen in the next 10, 15, 20 years. All right, I like this. I like these odds. I think we're gonna. I think this is gonna yeah. So this is fascinating. So the so I was always really really interested in the microbiome. I mean, it's it seems it seems like yeah. it's, it's been it's been unexplored for so long. I mean, there's always the danger, especially when it comes to like a case like autism, of giving false hope. What's the uh, what are the actual uh, what are the actual um, uh, I guess symptoms that are that are alleviated with this? You know, um, symptoms of getting startled um, with sounds. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, they're not that socially adept. But this is a very small study. It's twenty people. Okay. And and we need to you know study two thousand people before we say wow this really works. Sure, of course. You know, so, so William Osler, one of the greats in medicine, once said the best time to use a new drug is right away while it's still working. Okay. So you know, in the pilot studies, a lot of things look really, really encouraging and promising. Sure. In the which is really do a randomized, placebo-controlled, blind study. In a large cohort of individuals, it doesn't pan out. Mm-hmm. I think the other prediction I'd like to make, which I think is panning out right now, is that we will look back and say for cancer, 
we were using chemotherapy, mm -hmm. surgery, and radiation. How barbaric. Mm -hmm. And that the majority of cancers will be cured by immunotherapy. Mm -hmm. We'll give medications, do things to boost the immune system, the person's own immune system. They will recognize the cancer cells that foreign and just decimate them. So that will happen. I think there's already, I believe, three individuals who have had stem cells transplanted and they have, from spinal cord injury, be uh, able to stand up and take small steps. Yeah, yeah I remember. I, 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 so, I believe I saw that. Yeah, that was, uh, yeah isn't that fascinating? It's, it's really it's Absolutely really fascinating. So, so, And I think what will happen is that in the you have a thought, and you, the thought will be programmed, mm -hmm. and you'll say, I want to lift my right hand and pick up this cup of coffee in front of me and take a sip, and this person with spinal cord injury, just the thought mm -hmm. will trigger out. Hmm. So that will happen. I think there'll be very effective vaccines for some of the treatments or medical conditions that we don't have vaccines, we do have some treatments. An example would be chronic hepatitis C virus infection. Another example would be Ebola virus, um, HIV, malaria. Mm -hmm. And then I think the other thing that uh, hopefully will pan out, and I'm optimistic it will, will be we'll understand these neurodegenerative disorders and, for example, Alzheimer's, Parkinson's disease. And uh, those are extremely costly. They're amazingly devastating, not only for the individual, but for the family members or the loved ones taking care of them. You know, they have shortened telomeres. They have accelerated cellular aging. Elizabeth Blackman got the Nobel Prize in Medicine 2009 for discovering and destroyed and telomerase. That'll happen. I think um, I've made some predictions about other walks of life other than medicine. Mm -hmm. And one of them is that compassion will be the universal religion, that gratitude will be the universal language, that children will be the modern-day philosophers, they have no boundaries, mm -hmm. absolutely no boundaries. I mean, look at Greta Thunberg yep, from exactly. Sweden. She's 16, right? She's nominated for the Nobel Peace Prize. If she gets it, she'll be the youngest ever, Malala, who's 17. And she has convinced her whole family to become vegan. She's met with chancellors and presidents, presented United Nations, many different summits. Uh, a remarkable lady and because young lady and leader and because of her March fifteenth, two months ago, in a hundred countries, kids did not go to school yep. to create awareness March. So children will be the young people will be the modern day philosophers and, and leaders. Uh, that's one of the other you know, sort of predictions. Empathy classes will be mandatory in all schools. Okay. 
bullying will disappear. This is, you know, I just happened to read this recently. Denmark, year after year after year, last 15 years, like 10 or 11 years, is the happiest country in the world. Mm-hmm. And it turns out they work 30 or 35 hours a week. They have universal health care, universal education. Many of them live in communes. So seven or eight families living together. One mother has to cook once a week. The others help out. The kids, if they are two kids per family, think, oh, I got 14 cousins. <laughs> and some of, you know, and some of them have grandparents who regale them with stories. Mm-hmm. But they also partake in a particular phenomenon called Huga, which is also in Norway. It's spelled H-Y-G-G-A-E, but pronounced Huga, mm-hmm. which is informal gathering. So if I'm in your neighborhood, I don't pick up my phone and call you and say, John, are you home? May I drop by? Mm-hmm. I simply ring the doorbell. Okay. And you're there, you say, hey, Sanjay, come on in. Let's have some hot chocolate. Sit by the fireplace. I think we did it in our country 30, 40 years ago. It's all I think now. we did, yeah. I, I actually remember that from Ohio. I used to, I grew up in Ohio, and you would, yeah. go, you would go down the street and just pop in. Uh, now everything is so yeah. organized. Yeah, or pop in, or somebody's doing a barbecue, and you join them and take some food or whatever. So, but it turns out something I learned very recently in Denmark is that between the ages of 6 and 16, every week for one hour in schools, there's a mandatory empathy class. Hmm. These kids at age 6, 7, 8 are learning about compassion and kindness and empathy. Mm-hmm. And if that happens, you know, we won't have bullying. We won't have cyber bullying. We won't have young people hurting themselves because they're so devastated with the bullying. So that would be amazing. I think uh, one of the frontiers that will need to be conquered, better understanding will will be uh, the whole enigmatic field of consciousness. Mm-hmm. Where does it reside? You know, where in the brain? Where is memory? I had an amazing experience a few years ago about the faculty dean for continuing education at Howard Medical School, and I get an email. It says, Dear Dr. Chopra, by any chance, are you the same guy who was at pre med Delhi University in 1965? Mm-hmm. If you are, I was your classmate. <laughs> if you're not, please excuse this intrusion. Signed, Dr. Casey Mahajan, cell phone number. And I said, Wow, I remember this guy. He used to sit behind me mm-hmm. in class for a whole year. And so I pick up the phone, I call him. At the other end of the line, there's, hello, Dr. Casey Mahajan. And John, his voice triggered 40 years later wow. the following memory. And out of my mouth blurted out, lithium beryllium beryllium carbon, nitrogen oxygen, fluorine neon. The periodic <laughs> table that the professor of chemistry used to make us this fight. Mm-hmm. And there's a pause, and then in a four-letter word in Hindi, he says, you're the same freak guy. <laughs> you know? But his voice triggered it. Where was that memory? For 40 years, he was even talking about the video on it. Was hidden, it was hidden back there, right? It was hidden, uh, it was hidden in Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. And this whole concept also, I think, of neuroplasticity, where we used to say you can't teach a new dog, uh, an old dog, new tricks. Mm-hmm. Well, you can. You can, and you can improve neuronal networks. 
And, uh, you know, is that from learning something new? Is it from meditation, uh, mindfulness? Uh, so all those frontiers, there'll be a huge amount of research mm-hmm. and there'll be a lot of understanding and, and, and it will advance the human race and we will live to the age of 120, 150 years with good health. We'll have second and third careers. I was in Singapore recently and I gave a bunch of talks and uh, met Dr. John Holman, CEO of the University Hospital there. He's a remarkable, intelligent human being. Mm-hmm. And I gave a keynote on leadership and on happiness, and he gave a keynote projecting what will happen in Singapore in the next 30 years. And he said, Sanjeev, you've found out a second career. You know, with all your books you're writing, you've written 10 books, and your thoughts all over. He said, in Singapore, the life expectancy now is 30 years more mm-hmm. than it was in the 60s. In the 60s, it was a cesspool hmm. of drugs, prostitution. He says, I'm calling it the 30-year dividend. Okay, and we we are now exploring with colleagues around the world how do we take these people who are now retiring from their profession at age sixty five or seventy, but might live to ninety hundred with brilliant minds, mm-hmm. and how do we access those brilliant minds and and help society forge forward? So I think that will happen. It'll happen not only in the world but it'll happen all over. Fascinating. So, all right, so we're going to so we're going to have second careers after uh so I can I can continue to be a podcaster. Will. I guess I guess it just wouldn't yeah. I guess it would just have to be a pod a a career that's not not too not too uh uh rigorous, but I guess if we have our stem cells to rebuild our uh our joints and everything, I think we'll be okay. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I'm the recipient of two total hips. Yeah. And I'm so grateful. I said, my God, and I play golf, I travel, mm-hmm. I speak, I, you know, spend time with my grandkids. And I say, oh, my God, did I get lucky or what? Mm-hmm. I live in the Sierra. I live in Boston. And I got the best care. And seven weeks after my uh, right total hip, which was about eight years ago, mm-hmm. I was in Dominican Republic at a resort where I go every year with 50 friends. I played seven days of golf in a row. <laughs> you know, wonderful. Wow, good fun. All right. So, but, uh, but I think the the other part, I'll conclude by just saying this, and that's my latest book, is that we will understand happiness, that we are hardwired for happiness. The software is gratitude. That. Men, Many, many, many of us will find happiness. The key to happiness is finding one's purpose and living it. Mm-hmm. And Mark Twain famously once said, the two most important days in your life are the day you're born and the day you find out why. Mm-hmm. And that's, your, born, that's right? your that's your most that's your most recent book, The Two Most Important Days. Yeah, it's, it's called The Two Most Important Days, How to Find Your Purpose, Live a Happy and Healthier Life, All the Research, the importance of friends, forgiveness, doing things for others, gratitude. And I wrote it with a friend and colleague, mm-hmm. Gina Wild. She's an associate dean of external communications at Harvard Medical School, a good family friend. And uh, uh, the book came out well. It's 
translated in Turkish, Hungarian, there's an Australian edition, it's on Kindle, it's going to come out in paperback next year. So, very excited about it. Wonderful. All right, so we, uh, I just grabbed it for Kindle. Uh, the book is okay. called. The, so I, I just I just put a couple dollars in your pocket. The uh, the two most important days: <laughs> how to find your purpose and live a happier, healthier life. That sounds uh, that sounds really great. And I'm I'm actually looking. Yeah. This is this is one of the uh, most forward looking and, uh, and optimistic uh, conversations I've had in a little while. So I, I really thank you for this. I'm glad to hear that. Yeah. <laughs> Wonderful. Okay, great. Sanjeev Chopra, uh, author and, uh, and professor of medicine at Harvard Medical School. Thank you for joining us. This has been great. My pleasure. All the best. This has been Technotopia. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. This has been Technotopia. I'm John Biggs. We'll see you next week. Technotopia is brought to you by Happy Fun Corp. Happy Fun Corp is a design-driven technology company in Brooklyn, New York, that specializes in building mobile and web applications for startups and Fortune 500 companies. Whether it's a new mobile or web application that will help people experience the internet in a fun new way, or software that will interface with a new piece of top secret hardware, Happy Fun Corp is always up to the challenge. Big or small, Happy Fun Corp loves building software and loves working with great people. Come build with them. HappyFunCorp.com.